City Team Oakland exists. Um, it, it's God's vehicle as a solution to a problem. And, and part of that problem is just substance abuse in the Bay Area. And so, Jonathan, yeah. can we just use like just a couple minutes of just education, making us more aware of some of the social issues where um, we really need God to come through in the Bay Area. So tell us a bit about the problem of substance abuse in the Bay Area, please. Well, uh, everybody knows uh, right now, every uh, mayors in different cities are talking about homelessness issue, yeah. right? But they hardly talk about addiction issue. Yeah. But we're gonna see the correlation between these two. We all know that the, the homeless issue in the Bay Area is not getting better, Pastor Andrew. In fact, it's getting worse. I've been doing this for 26 years. It's frustrating. It's getting worse. In the Bay Area now, we see more homeless people, more addicted people camping on the street, sleeping on the street, especially in a big city like San Jose, San Francisco, and Oakland. We have more people camping, sleeping on the street. So substance abuse and dependency affect California residents at rate just above the national averages as a whole, with averages between 2009 and 13, indicating that 3% of their populations was depending, dependent or abusing drugs, and 8% were using or dependent on alcohol. So in the Bay Area, alcohol is... Sorry, in the Bay Area, alcohol is the number one substance of abuse reported by individuals admitted to substance abuse treatment program. But not only that, right now, methamphetamine is a growing concern in the Bay Area. You're going to see people who use met methamphetamine, they don't even sleep. Whole night, whole day, three, four days, they'll walk around. That's one of the biggest concerns in the Bay Area now. Now, research uh, seems to point us to substance use disorder as one of the major contributing factors to homelessness. So if we want to do something about our homeless issues, then we, need, we cannot neglect people who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. We need to start dealing with this. Now, Pastor Andrew, once they start using drugs and alcohol, the effect is devastating. It's immense. It leads to homelessness. We know that. Destroy family, destroy marriages, destroy relationship. And it creates emotional, physical isolation from family, from society. And not only that, it leads to spiritual bankruptcy. So, so if, if I can review what you've, you've shared with us. So you've said that in the Bay Area, out of every 100 people, three are addicted to drugs yeah. and, and eight are abusing alcohol. Yeah. Uh, you've made the correlation between homelessness and substance abuse yeah. and just its devastating effects. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so City Team Oakland exists as uh, one of God's solutions to this problem. And can you tell us more about the program and how it's a solution to this, this problem? We've been doing this for the last more than 60 years. We're committed to uh, uh, helping people who, people who are struggling. And our Discipleship and Recovery Program is a year-long program. They live with us 24-7. It's a, and it's free. They don't pay anything. Because churches are paying for them. Believers are paying for them. So it's free for one year. And if they want to stay, stay longer, they can stay longer with us. So they stay with us 24-7. And we provide counseling, case management, education, and spiritual discipleship. Our staff are committed to creating a healing, Christ-like environment for these people where they can find God, where they can experience God's forgiveness, where they can experience God's grace. That's why in, two, uh, in, uh, in February 10, you're going to see some of the guys who are, will be getting baptized, people who have responded to God's forgiveness, people who have response in praise God's grace. And quick, one thing about these people, people who are addicted to the drugs and alcohol, one thing about them is they, are, they have no problem admitting that they are sinners. They have no problem admitting that they are wrong. They have no problem admitting that I need God. That's why the grace of God, the forgiveness of God is so appealing to these people. So Jason, uh, you came to us in October. How was your life uh, outside city team? In other words, how was your life your addictive alcoholism life. Hi, I'm Jason. Um, let me just first start by saying I didn't grow up wanting to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. Um, uh, for me, and like most other people that have turned to drugs and substance abuse, some kind of thing or traumatic experience happened in their lives, or they felt an emptiness inside them that they needed to fill. And for some of us, you know, uh, we found it to fill that hole with alcohol or with drugs. Um, I have both in my story. Alcohol is what um, took me down in the end over and over and over. Um, I grew up in a loving family. I have a brother, two sisters, and, you know, parents. Um, I was raised in the church. Uh, church was a big part of my life when I was younger. Um, uh, youth groups in junior high and high school. I was a youth deacon and a youth elder at my church. I did good through high school. I uh, didn't really, I mean, I drank a couple of times, but I was, I was on a path that I thought uh, I was walking the right path. Um, I ended up joining the Navy. I did five years in the Navy, and that's where seeing the world and things like that uh, took a turn that I wasn't expecting, but... Um, Still maintained uh, going to church once in a while, but after that, I got out, used my GIA bill, went to college, uh, got an A degree at Cal State Fullerton, 
and started my cooking career. Um, I thought I was going to be a front of the house guy, but I was cooking through college and decided I wanted to be a chef, and that's what led to a 20-year uh, career as a chef. Um, during that period of time, um, the cooking industry is uh, known, if you've ever been in the restaurant industry, known for uh, a lot of drugs and alcohol in the, in the back of the house, you know. It might not be apparent when you go to eat at the place, but every place I worked, there was a lot of people that were using drugs on the weekends or their weekends, which was usually Sunday, Mondays, or Monday, Tuesdays, because the weekends were the busiest. But um, things progressed. You know, I, I, I dabble in drugs here and there and came to a point in my life where I stopped using drugs altogether, but I still was drinking, not alcoholically at the time, but as things progress and it's like the avalanche or the snowball effect, you know, one glass of wine after work turned into two and then, you know, months and years later, it just, it was two or three bottles of wine a night. And then once I switched to vodka or, or hard alcohol, things really took a turn for the worst. Um, a lot of people out there in the homeless community and a lot of people I've run into over my 20 years of in and out of programs, the last 10 years has been in and out of jail. I've been in prison um, due to mistakes that I've made while intoxicated or while on drugs, um, things that led me to make very terrible decisions in life. Something happens to, to for me personally, it started like, you know, my parents put me and my brother in school a year early and then we turned out to be a couple of uh, rabble-rousers and maybe immature for our age or what grade we were in. And, you know, that traumatic, uh, what started the damage for my self-esteem and what led me to feel like I wasn't better than anybody else or I wasn't as good as everybody else around me is my parents held us back in the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. and, and that started a, a lifelong feeling of not being good enough or... And then I was chasing, you know, joining the Navy and all that stuff and going to college was just me trying to prove to my parents that we weren't the people they thought we were while we were in school. And, and so that led me on this long, long journey of, like, very low self-esteem, not feeling good enough. And a lot of people that I've run into in and out of the programs that I've been in and in and out of jail and stuff like that, something dramatic has happened in their lives. None of these people on the streets or anything yeah. like that, have uh, chosen to grow up to be an alcoholic. It's yeah. a, something that happens over a period of time. So, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Jason, uh, uh, next question and the last one. Uh, how are we doing with you? In other words, uh, how our program is helping you uh, help uh, your, uh, to maintain your sobriety and to reconnect with God? How are we doing? Uh, city team is doing great, and um, if it wasn't for Jonathan stopping what he was doing the morning that he walked down the stairs, and it like I had just come from the hospital, I knew I couldn't go home to my house because my girlfriend at the time was still drinking, and I didn't want to put myself back in that position. So the um, social worker at the hospital told me she had a place for me to stay, and that was the shelter at City Team. And so I got there, I was five days in the hospital, I was still in a fog, I was weak, I couldn't walk, I'd been on a month-long drinking binge, and um, I didn't know what to do, and Jonathan saw me, and came over and talked to me, and asked me what was going on with me, and it, 
out of the graciousness of his heart, he took me upstairs and sat me down on the couch and let me just hang out there for a minute. And then he came and prayed with me for a long time. I've always known Christ has been in my heart, but with the help of Jonathan and being nudged in the right direction and, and all the guys at City Team, really the interns there that have been there for a long time after the year program is up, I knew I was in the right spot. And through the classes and through the brotherhood that we experienced at City Team, rekindled my faith in Jesus. I've recommitted to him and to do everything that he has, uh, you know, bestowed upon us. Great. Great. And I can honestly say that I'm a man on fire right now. Awesome. So Awesome. Thank you. And for that, I Thank love you. this guy right Thank here. You. So, Jason, are you, are you getting baptized two weeks from now, too? I am. Okay, fantastic. Um, Let's pray for you, and let's also pray for that Sunday, okay? We're very excited about that, okay? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I, I think of the, the, the story of the prodigal son. Um, I, I think of the father in, in that story that Jesus told where he comes running to his children. And I just thank you that you are that kind of God that in desperate need knowing just the struggle of famine, you come running to your kids. And I just pray that that Sunday would be a great celebration and that we would receive these men and we would embrace them as brothers in Christ. We're looking forward to what all that you are going to do. Uh, prepare them for, the, for their baptism. In Jesus' name we pray.